Hi guys, this is Desiree Villarreal uh, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. So let's pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cast Chasers Podcast. Chasers, I am sitting here. So we're going to do some, if you haven't figured the theme out by now, it's very cocktail forward. Um, we got some really cool cocktail people, um, some people in the industry. Uh, Heather Wibbles, I think, is going to be, uh, If I don't know when we're releasing. You may have heard her already or you're going to hear her after this. Um, LP, who won Cocktail Masters. Um, cocktail Masters, Dana? Drink Masters. Drink Masters. LP who won Drink Masters. I will have her on the show. Um, So many cool people, but I want to introduce you to a real superhero in my book. Dana and I, for our anniversary, we went to we went to New Orleans. New Orleans. And um, we we had never been well, I went when I was a teenager, but I can't talk about that on the air, just in case children are listening. But as an adult, I went with my wife, Dana. We went to New Orleans, had a great time, did all the touristy stuff which you have to do, but honestly, my favorite time, and I mean this with all my heart, wasn't the bag baguettes, baguette, what are they called? Not baguettes, that's bread. <laughs> what is it? Anyway, whatever the, the, whatever the puff pastry things are, all the New Orleans things you do, but my favorite time was we went to a little bar in our hotel, uh, Bourbon Orleans Hotel, and there was a bar there called Bourbon O, and we met a new friend, her name is Desi, and uh, that's who we're chatting with today. She's a bartender extraordinaire. She made us some incredible drinks, and we had a great time hanging out with her, and we really just connected, and music was good. It was just a great scene. So my friend, Desi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, beignets. Beignets. How? I remember every day. Yeah. I was like, did you go get them today? <laughs> what did I say, baguette? <laughs> Whatever. Fren- Is it still French? French. It's still French. Yeah. We're in Mardi Gras right now. So there's uh, king cake beignets. There's all kinds of um, variations of them right now. So you're right on point. <laughs> so I feel like I'm safe. Cool. So you and I, oh, yeah. first I want to kind of catch up a little bit because we haven't chatted too much since. I mean, maybe online, but um, lots mm-hmm. going on in your life. Are you still at Bourbon O? Uh, no, I actually moved on from there about October I had the uh, very fortunate experience to get engaged in September uh, to my beautiful partner. Thank you, my partner Ian, like uh, solo bartender extraordinaire. But when we went to California to get engaged, I was approached uh, for an opportunity to compete in the NOLA uh, Love in the Garden at the New Orleans Museum of Art. Uh, it was the top six uh, creative mixologists in all of New Orleans and chosen by a whole board and a team. Uh, they asked me if I wanted to compete. I ended up competing in it uh, the day after I got engaged. I uh, got engaged in California, got on a red eye, flew all the way home to NOLA and created a cocktail, presented it the next evening. Um, and everything was based on a theme of love which was perfect. Um, uh, they chose me for Corazon Tequila so I made this crazy floral uh i used nasturtiums from my own garden just 
you know me, just out of the box, insane to the last second kind of thing. Um, and after that competition, I was approached by an event uh, person, uh, Nate Usre with Blue Book Barkeeps. He wanted me to help run his um, events program. So I, I left Bourbon O in October and I've been doing private mixology uh, events ever since. That is so appropriate for this entire episode. Well, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And I can't wait to see what you do. Um, so in a lot of people, we're going to get into some cocktail making. I know that's what you're waiting for because you've read it in the post. There's cocktails and I'm not going to tell you the recipe unless you listen. Um, but the cocktail you made us, among others, um, that we really built a conversation around was the uh, Ramos Gin Fizz which is my mm -hmm. first time having it, um, and it blew my freaking mind. And I'm not even a gen person. And this is a whiskey podcast, so why are we talking about Who cares? Uh, you have a machine there because I, it, it, you guys had sold the most aviation gen, I guess, correct? Is that? And, mm -hmm. and um, what's his face? Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Bought you guys. This like, this like 1940s steampunk looking uh, paint can shaker, and because who wants to shake something for six minutes? And you made us this drink and blew my freaking mind. I think you actually shook it for us the first time. And yeah, I, I tried to show you guys kind of like what uh, traditionally it is supposed to be, and then I remember uh, corresponding uh, within like the month of. Dana running the store and getting all the ingredients so that y'all could make it yourselves. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think the machine was important just because the bar is on Bourbon Street. It's a super, super famous kind of speakeasy laid back jazz vibe. Mm. Um, and the machine was so um, important to Bourbon O because Henry Ramos, who invented the uh, Ramos Gin Fizz, had his house on Rampart Street about four blocks directly up from Bourbono. And now it's an Ace Hardware. So when Bourbono first opened about 35 years ago, someone thought, okay, well, if we're gonna make Ramos and Fizzes, let's use a paint can shaker. And they bought a paint can shaker from that Ace Hardware. So therefore keeping the kind of history of New Orleans alive, that's why Aviation with Ryan Reynolds decided they were gonna create one and gift it to the uh, Bourbon O Bar. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it's the best. <laughs> I don't know if I can give it to the bar, but your Gen Fizz is the best I've ever had. I don't know if that means theirs or yours. That's the thing about a bartender. It's almost like a chef. Like, you know, a chef wins um, a Michelin star. If he leaves that restaurant, they lose that star. So yeah, sometimes you'll go to a bar and you, you think, oh, this bar used to be better. And or whatever. I'm not saying Bourbon O is not good. I'm sure they have great people. I'm just saying sometimes you'll leave a bar and you'll come back and you're like, oh, the bar is different. It's not as good as it used to be. They may have just lost a bartender <laughs> that was keeping that place afloat. Um, so I'm not saying they lost the best, but you're my <laughs> absolute favorite. All right. So I am thirsty and you are standing there in front of the Garden of Eden. And uh, yeah. you're a self-proclaimed um, uh, uh, matron of the dark arts. Um, you are, yeah. yeah. So I know it's very, the ingredients for these cocktails are so herbally, herbally, herbally? 
yeah burbly so um so <laughs> flavorful i mean there's so much flavor here and that just speaks to who you are i mean you are pick it from the garden metaphorically in reality i'm so pumped to taste these i've never had any either one of these so nice yeah 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 so it's gonna be a treat so i'm gonna let you kind of take it walk me through like i'm a child and remember <laughs> i'm the dumbest person on the show so and i'm the only person on the show so i'm the dumbest person so talk to me like i don't know what i'm doing and remember we have listeners that are new to drinks maybe and cocktails so i really want them to fully get what we're doing here and uh so it's all up to you from this point so i got all my accoutrement here ready to rock and roll you tell me what to do and i'll follow the best i can perfect uh well yeah i mean like you said when we first met Having the two of you come to my bar as patrons and then getting to know each other um, after a couple of days, realizing we have the same passions, especially with uh, cask products, bourbon, but everything from gin to uh, Amaro spirits and, and in between. And I love how you called me kind of the mistress of the uh, dark art. I'm going to use that from now on. It's all you. And I meant um, it with love. <laughs> I love that so much. That's so cool. Um, I was kind of going into my head earlier about like, what what's my inspiration right now? You know, we all go through the same thing of, of ruts and inspires and, you know, doing events lately. I've been meeting so many people that are the, the normal listener, the normal person. They're coming to New Orleans for the first time. They're coming to a big city for the first time they're almost intimidated to say, I don't know what I want or make me something because maybe someone told them don't do that in a bar. Um, doing private events for me has opened up a whole new side of things with guest service where I can look at someone while I'm at their event, whether it be 30 people or 100 people and say, you know what, this is what I have to offer you. How about we do this together and we take this journey uh, as a team? Uh, in that sense, I chose a really cool New Orleans cocktail uh, that was created by a friend of mine, and it's in a couple of the books that I have here that I'm such a nerd about, uh, called Streetcar Named Desire. And we're going to do my own little riff on it, because that's what I do. I try to do yeah. justice to the classics, but still make them my own kind of craziness, especially with ingredients that you have in your own home. I mean... This recipe calls for a mint and lemon verbena syrup. I don't have that at my house. I mean, I have a full bar, but I don't have all those things. Um, but I did find any hot tea that I had in my house. I happened to have some uh, peach and hibiscus and then some lemon tea. So I actually made a tea and then you just put some sugar in it and it's a tea simple syrup. Super easy half water, half sugar, and then whatever flavor tea you want. Obviously you don't need fresh mint um, as I have here, but anything mint flavored really, um, if you're a connoisseur of bitters, mint bitters, lemon bitters, anything like that, um, it doesn't have to be like super complicated. Uh, so Streetcar Named Desire traditionally is uh, bourbon, fresh lemon juice, the syrup that you made or bought uh, and Angostura bitters, which is one of the most popular bitters out there. Obviously it's got a really cool basic bitter flavor. It's going to add a little bit of that uh, stomach qual calming quality. It's going to be good for texture, for color. Uh, this is going to be on the top of our 
cocktail after we finish making okay. it. Okay. Okay, um, kind of floating. So it, yeah, it's interesting that yeah. you said, you know, we're going to go from uh, a, um, a sidecar named Desire to a, a cocktail named Des, uh, Desire. What, what, what did we say? What was the thing we said? Regardless, um, doesn't matter. Um, I, Heather Wibbles said something um, to us that was really cool. You know, cocktails can't be trademarked um, legally because they can, they're can. they so open to interpretation. And that's what I really dig about. You may be thinking, well, I don't have A, B, or C, and Desi, you hit the nail on the, nail on the head. If you don't have fresh mint, find the mintiest thing you have. Maybe some gum, I don't know, and throw it in there. See what it tastes like, you know what I mean? But I just wanted to make yeah. that point. Didn't want to interrupt you, but I thought that was so cool. I just want people to understand it, whatever you put in the glass, you can wing it if you need to. You know, you don't have to be perfect. It's not baking. That's what I love about cocktail making. That rhymed. That's trade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I interrupted you. Sorry. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> For nonsense. That's what I love about making cocktails, whether you're at home or you're excited to have people over or you've been bartending for 25 years like I have. It, it's all interpretive. It's, you can mm. follow the recipe to a T. If you're that personality type and that's what makes you happy, you can be all willy-nilly like me and then just kind of go like this and stand and kind of look at what you have in your repertoire. I made a cocktail, an old-fashioned for someone yesterday that had Malibu rum and Woodford Reserve in it and lemon bitters and <laughs> and uh, Peixos bitters. And he was like, yeah. you know, just because that's what I had at my disposal. So I, I love teaching people cocktails because just because it's a recipe, as you said, Bobby, it's more than that. It's kind of what you feel, what you want, and you have a sense of accomplishment once you figure it out, you know? I love or that. Or once you go to that bar and order it, like you discover what a Sazerac is, and you're like, I'm in New Orleans, I'm going to order a Sazerac, and you're like, whoa, I know the history, I know where it came from, and you appreciate the actual sipping of the cocktail a little more than just following a recipe. Yeah, no, I dig that. You hear that, Chasers? It's about the story, not just the drink uh, and who you're drinking it with. No, I'm pumped. All right, so I got everything. We have a tea. Dana, what is this tea we made? Okay, so I went out to find... Is it Lipton's iced tea? Lemon Verbena. Could not find it, so I got Lemon Zinger instead. But then I actually mixed it. I made a simple out of it with um, the Lemon Zinger, and then I had mint tea, but I also put in fresh mint, too. When I made the simple, so she's above and, and it beyond. Smells awesome. We do have mint, real mint. We're going to be using. Cool. We have our bitters, of course. We have our lemon yeah. juice, not freshly <laughs> squeezed, because, well, I'm white trash, so I'm not going to squeeze a bunch of. Um, no offense to anybody that's pro. Now, a lot of tr- traditionalists out there will be like, "You didn't fresh squeeze it; it didn't come from lemons." But this says real lemons. It on says it. real. It lemons. says real lemons. And no one in marketing can lie. And Dude, I use lemonade sometimes. Yeah, I mean, thank you. It's all about the flavor. It's, yeah. it's all about what you want in the cocktail right at that moment. It doesn't have to be. I would have used lemonade, but all I had was fresh lemons left over from when I had this idea to make some dessert a week ago that failed so see there there's no there's no wrong answer and then we're using bardstown um uh fusion series their uh their bourbon listeners any bourbon will do um just a good one because i believe cocktails deserve good ingredients minus your fake lemon juice as i say that but your bourbon should be pretty decent you don't have to use trash i mean you can use something decent 
It looks like you're using Makers, yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. I have this beautiful bottle of Makers Private Toasted Marshmallow. Oh, oh my God. It's yeah. really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Where was this when we hung out? I know. I know. <laughs> At I her know house, how obviously. We went the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Ian just informed me that our friend Kyle brought it from Kentucky for us. So, oh. you know. Well, I know but, people uh, at Makers Mark, and they never brought that up, and now I'm mad. So that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. Yeah. All right. So, and yeah, it's gonna go really well with you know the the toasted notes of it is gonna go very 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 well with that little bit of tea flavor and then that mint and then the angle again like I said is so bitter. It's gonna be such a nice finish on the cocktail especially with the nose everything about the cocktail you want you want to enjoy everything you want to enjoy making it sipping yeah. it smelling it um, looking at it all that fun stuff oh i'm totally pumped now is this shaken or stirred this one is shaken uh we try to always shake cocktails especially for the listeners uh there's only a few little rules of thumb we try to always shake cocktails that have citrus in them mm. okay uh, it's I get real geeky. You guys have met me. Yeah, um, in a good way. Citrus, you, <laughs> right? Citrus, you want to break up the molecules, and you can only do that by adding the motion of actually shaking. Um, there are some, you know, exceptions to the rule, <laughs> mm. um, but for the most part, anything with any citrus, any OJ, lemon, lime anything like that. You really want to shake it because you want to get that nice froth. That's why a whiskey sour sans egg white has a froth on it because you're going to be shaking that really hard. I That's did not crazy good that. information. Okay. Mm. Yeah, there's a reason mm. behind it, it. So can I ask you a question then? Does does um James Bond know what the hell he's talking about or no? I, I don't think, I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah, because uh, he's, he wants a martini shaken, not stirred. He wants a martini, but you know what? This is so funny you brought that up because I've always had a conspiracy theory about James Bond. <laughs> and I think James Bond is a, a vodka dirty martini drinker. And the reason he asks it for shaken is because when I go to bars and I ask for a dirty martini, I say filthy and bruised. Mm. Filthy, extra olive juice. Bruised is they shake it so hard that there's this beautiful uh, topping of ice crystals that keeps the drink cold the whole time you're drinking it. So he does know what he wants. That's Yeah, a... but I think since, you know, martinis are traditionally with gin back in the day when they were invented, and the 007 is an actual cocktail martini, I think it gets kind of lost in translation. Yeah. That's just me. Okay. But that's good info. So shaken if it has citrus. Sp most cases. All right, cool. Yes. That's good. Because I love a good shaken drink. All right, cool. So I got my shaker. Now I have a double cool shaker like all the cool bartenders have. But I wanted to... Um, I've seen... So I wanted to do have again the for the listeners they may not have i have one of the built-in you know a little i don't know what you would call this one the one with the little lid on it but i watched somebody oh, probably a um cobbler a cobbler okay but i watched somebody make a mixed co a shaking cocktail in tupperware container before so you really don't have yeah right so you don't really 
Yeah, it's just whatever shakes it. There's water in here, so I'm going to yeah, drink it's, that. It's all molecules. It's all kind of as long as you have that motion going on. It's, right. That's why, especially too, for, for the listeners, if you ever go to a bar and you notice that there's five bartenders or you've gone to 30 bars in your lifetime or, or more or less, everyone has their own shake. It's, mm. Get real nerdy about it, or you can get real just like I'm shaking a cast down, I'm shaking it, you know, you're just singing a song in your head. Yeah, um, so there's really no right way to shake either. Again, you can use Tupperware, you can just kind of like, but there's a cool way you'd agree to that. Like, if I went to a bar and I didn't know, like, you, you can make it, you're just awesome, so you can make it any way you want. <laughs> like, if I had Desi there, I'd be like, whatever, Desi does what she does. But if I went to like a nowhere bar and they whip out like a Folgers can and they're shaking my drink, I'm gonna have some thoughts. Unless it's like really <laughs> trendy, then I'm gonna be like, this makes yeah. sense. This is the most pretentious. Then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then the culture is gonna be 2875. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, what's this drink called? He's like, Prohibition. It's about the end of May. I'm like, stop, dude. I ordered a Coors Light. Anyway, so, um, right, right, right. So, okay, I have uh, I have my shaker. I have my jigger, which I never know which side's the right side. Um, and that's why I don't drink neat because that's the right way to drink. I drink neat because I'm too stupid to figure out how to use any of the tools. But um, I'm really pumped to get into this. So I'm ready when you are. You just tell me what to do. So we're gonna do uh, one and a half ounces of our bourbon that we've chosen. So that is gonna go right there. That's gonna go in the smallest part of our shaker if we have a double shaker. And make sure that you're doubling that bobby bird because uh, Dana, the inside of this thing tells me the. It does, Bobby. What? Look, it says one and a half in there. <laughs> Imagine that. Exactly. So, Desi, as a bartender, give me some inside insider scoop real quick and let me know if I'm real or not. Um, I see bartenders measure, and then I see them not measure, and I see them eyeball. And then, and I correlate that with sometimes I have a really good drink, and then sometimes if I'm a little tipsy, my drink isn't as good, let's say, or strong, depending on. Is that by design laziness, or do you just really, uh, you just get to know what it feels like to have the right amount? Does that make sense? Because you're yeah, not measuring, you're just like, you know, that's me doing the yeah. uh, eyeball. <laughs> um, there, I mean, it's definitely like a preference thing I've, I've noticed over the years. I'm so old school of a bartender, you know, turning 40 this year, I've been bartending since I was 15. It was one of those, like, my mom coming home from work make me a margarita i'm like what and she's like a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of that nice but in the, the 2000s that's how bartending was you know i've been bartending officially since probably about 2000 and that's what we did we just kind of eh, 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 eh. that should work but yeah everyone has a different when mixology came along which i don't think is a, a negative word it's just kind of been turned into one of those fun words they describe a vast amount of people mm. um, but when mixology was created it was all about measurements it was about specs it was about elevating from what do you want to creating a whole again an experience a whole um scene a whole fairy tale and an, an exciting journey to go on together and then everyone kind of chose their paths on that i'm one that if I'm comfortable, you know, again, I can free pour if I have the right pour spout. That's always important. If you have a pour spout, you want to do like the normal, like bigger kind of size ones, the mm. plastic ones. 
plastic ones were built by bar owners back in the day that wanted to measure how much their bartenders were pouring. So a lot of times you'll see a bartender and they'll have to stop and go down and put it back up again. It's because the the, the pre-pour spell. I've seen those. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It has a little bubble in it that actually measures an exact amount um, per pour. So that way the bartender isn't giving away the house or mispouring so-called in quotation. Yeah. Um, counting is, it, it is what it is that everyone counts differently. I, my count to six is maybe your count to four. Um, my two ounces is, is eight counts. You might count Mississippi when I do it differently, you know? Like That's the most scientific thing I've ever heard. Mississippi. Do you ever hear the meme, Americans <laughs> will use anything but the metric system to measure? Oh, yeah, yeah Mississippi. I'm using that. So you can have the dark arts. I'll have that one. <laughs> okay. That's mine. That's, yeah, just, I mean, no, I love it. It's, it's confidence, too. It's, if you go into a bar or if you're at home and you don't want to just take something and pour it upside down, then use a measuring cup. Yeah. Use it or use, you know, a cup, use anything you want. And the reason for measuring is so that the flavor profile of the cocktail comes out the way that you want it to. I feel like the measuring device okay. makes it feel more personal. It's like training wheels, though. But no, I, I think a lot of people see the measuring device and they think, oh, they must be new. But for me, if there's confidence behind it, it seems personal. It seems like this yeah. person's really putting the effort when they're doing the long pour or whatever. I'm in on like the real articulate. Yeah, I'm in on the scam yeah. with the long pour. Um, but uh, I, I feel like they're just eyeballing me and saying he looks like he only gets this much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's had Probably. too many. I'm gonna go. Ahead. He's tipping well. He's getting a long. You know what I mean? But anyway, okay. So what's next before I melt? Before I melt my ice and so talk. we're gonna do the um, lemon. So I'm just gonna juice some lemon really quick it's just three quarters of an ounce um, so again i don't really have a measuring cup right now so i'm just pouring into one of my vessels with this old school contraption <laughs> man i wish that you know i can't wait till we have youtube i just shot lemon juice <laughs> across the room all over me <laughs> and that's raw folks that's raw that's how it's and I'm glad that happened because I want you to know that it's not all going to be perfect. I'm going to be all sticky. Well, I'm glad the cat wasn't sitting there on the floor right next now. to you. Okay, so my lemon juice is in and I'm soaked. Cool. Yeah. So we got three quarters lemon and then we're going to take our syrup that we made um, and we're going to do the same amount, three quarters of that as well. Oh, it smells good. So good already. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, this one too. Okay. And then we're going to take that, and that's it. It's just the three ingredients. Uh, we're going to do the ice, shake it, so we'll go through that really quick. And then once we get it in the glass, that's when we take the Angostura on top, and then I'll show you how to get a good pour of that bitters because sometimes it's a little um, okay. ornery. Can we, can we shake? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. This is good. This is good audio. I'm not editing any of that out because I don't know. I think it's funny. Um, 
first off, you looked amazing shaking. My shake looked like I was fighting a bird that just, you know, tried to take my hat off or something. Yours was more like I'm a pro, so just want to totally imagine that right now. <laughs> like, like I'm on the beach and I'm eating a French fry and a bird's coming at me. That's what it looked like, and I'm just trying to hold this. That would be or bees, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that color. Why is it pink? Uh, then we just take our rock glass that has ice in it. You're going to want a strainer always, every time. Okay. Um, if you're using fresh lemon juice like I just did, you're going to want a double strain. Mm. Um, that's what one of the little guys is. Just because seeds, etc., stuff like that. Uh, but double straining is really easy. You just kind of put it over the top of the drink. And then pour it through. The smell is incredible. Yeah. 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 Okay. And you said our bitters. Oh, you're going to show me. Okay. I'm going to wait. I'm jumping ahead. So the bitters, you're going to take your Ango. Okay. um, And then what you want to do is you want to do it with confidence because it's going to kind of splat everywhere. You just want to go. One, two, three, and then one, two, three, four. Okay, do that. What's the, what's the first thing? Say, show me that again. So, so she. Yeah. So take your bitters um, upright. Uh huh. And then you want to just very confidently all the way turn it around and then straight down. Oh, I see. Okay. And it calls for four dashes. So again, you're gonna have a cocktail looking very. I just. That yeah. was a very unconfident two. Yeah, Bobby. I was not confident. <laughs> again. You, you know what? In your life, in your life, you've never heard somebody say, "I need you to confidently pour bitters." So it's a very difficult thing to. I bet you're really enjoying the fact that you invited me on this podcast yeah. today. I don't usually record with him ever, and this is why. <laughs> it's so fun. Well, I, again, you know, that's what I started as. Is, is when I started working with bitters bottles, every bitters bottle is different. Angostura is a beast. It is, if you just kind of slightly turn it, you know, clockwise just a little bit, it's going to go everywhere. If you yeah. just kind of pour down it's just gonna drip you got it that's why i say confidently you, with angus story you have to just you know yeah get it <laughs> well lesson learned i um dana wants more i uh i there was no confidence in my so sorry so when i make a whiskey sour that foam at the top one of the sexiest things i've ever seen was somebody that made it and they do the mm-hmm. three dots you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. so i oh, yeah. cannot do that it's like I, it looks like I cut myself over my glass. It's just like <laughs> violent. So, so uh, yeah, trick no. to that one. Trick to that one's really fun. You take the and this is a trick I tell everyone um, at the bar, anywhere I talk to them, I meet them because I've had the same problem my whole career. You take the lid to the Ango bottle, and then you just carefully pour a few drops. And then what you do is you either take that and then pour it into the drink, or you take a straw and then dot through dot. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. And it takes all of the guesswork out. It takes all of the – because I was never confident at it. 
Maybe. You know, that's the, so this is, this sums, if you haven't figured her out yet, this sums Desi up. She's a, as the nicest person on the planet. That was her way of saying, you know, like common sense, you know, like don't do it though. Hey, so I'm drinking this thing right now. I jumped ahead. I hope it, is it, oh, we got to mint it. Oh crap. So you mentioned, um, we didn't even mint. When people say express, you either want to put it in the palm of your hand and then slap it. Slap it. Or if you have like a sprig like I do, you just cup your hand and kind of like twirl it in the hand just to get a little of that uh, oils out. And then if you smell your hand afterward, it smells really nice and pretty. You can also kind of fan it against your hand. And then after you do that, you're going to want to fan it against the glass. We're talking about the sensory experience here. The, yeah. the smell, the taste, the everything. Oh. And then I made a little flower out of my lemon with my mint sprig. Well, yours is way pretty. So we're going to take a picture of that before you drink it because yours is gorgeous. Yeah. I'm not taking a picture of my abomination, but um, <laughs> maybe I should just for reality. But, yeah, I want a picture of that. But, um, okay, so really good. I drank it before, and it was good. And now, with the mint, mm. Mm. oh, my gosh, cool. it's a whole other level. So, yeah, and, again, it's like that um, – smell and everything yeah you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of almost like a paper plane almost but not as sticky but the tea is really like really comes through it like it's really prevalent yeah 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 this is incredible this is incredible i love i love that you said that dana um when i was trying to think of cocktails i came with paper plane or naked and famous with scotch instead of medpal so choosing this was my homage to a paper plane, which is obviously one of my favorite cocktails as well. Mm. Yeah, that's delicious. Yeah, paper planes are like one of our favorites. We make those very regularly. Mm-hmm. I bet. Yeah, it's it's just so refreshing, and it's easy to order at a bar too because it's all equal parts. It's fun and light and breezy. You're not, uh, you know. For me, I like to order a cocktail for my cocktail. Um, so I'll get a paper plane and then maybe a dram of something nice and smooth, like an old school Woodford Oak or, you know, Maker's Mark Toasted Marshmallow, if we can find it. Um, but it's one of those cocktails you can just kind of sip on while you're hanging out talking. Oh, it's also, it, well, it always reminds me, Bobby and I, when we were, um, oh gosh, I'd say probably like 10 years ago now, when we first had um, just the boys, the two little boys, and they were young, we needed desperately like a night out. So we took a class in college and it was one of like our extracurricular credits or whatever. And it was mm-hmm. the craft of brewing or something along those lines. And what are you doing? Oh, no, you can. No, you, 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 can, you can. Dana's in the, in the host seat. I love it. No. <laughs> this is very awkward for me. Anyway. So we took a, what do you, why are, give me my You get the back. host headphones. Oh, I get the host headphones. <laughs> oh, these are nice. Yeah, I had to step away because I was covered in sticky, I had to go wash my hands, it was driving me insane, and ants were starting to form, so. I'm seeing, well, now I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, date night. Date night, craft of brewing, but it had, but we were talking oh, about something class. else. But what were we before that? Oh, damn it. I forget. I don't know. I just walked in on it. That's the fun of my brain. I 
and forget things halfway right through in the middle of saying them so was it about us dating and going on that like date to like create and do something together no, we were talking about paper planes mm-hmm. and oh i do remember what we were talking about okay so <laughs> we took this like how to make beer and brew beer and everything and one of my favorite things that i took away from that i never had heard the expression about a session beer because i wasn't like a huge beer drinker before then and I can really kind of relate now some different cocktails and different kinds of whiskeys to being session-y type of like whiskeys and cocktails. Mm-hmm. And I think a paper plane, that is one of those kind of cocktails that it's definitely like a session cocktail. Super dangerous, mm-hmm. but I could sit there and sip on them all night long. Like, and they're awesome. Yeah. So, but this is yeah, so good. I love the, um, the tea aspect of it. Like, it's really, really good. Yay. Well, yeah. And like, like you said, for the listeners, we all have our favorite cocktails. Paper Plane is one of mine. Naked and Famous is one of Ian's. This is such a cool riff and it's so easy to do at home. I mean, look at, we just made this tea together mm-hmm. and you can make anything. You can make it a bedtime cocktail, make some chamomile in there, whatever you want to do, you know? Well, remember we did a Valentine's Day, um, our friends at Old Line Distillery, they had this Valentine's Day thing where... It was during COVID. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, um, but we were all boarded up in our houses, and he they sent out packages with the exact amount of certain flavors, um, like a jalapeno oil, and but there were like three cocktails that you made with what they sent you, right. and then it was a Zoom in this in this woman's kitchen. That's actually I, don't, I wish I could remember her name, but she was the one that shook. She was a bartender, like a, I think she was like a like a trainer or something in the world of bartending, maybe part of the bartender's guild, but she was shaking. She was the one that was shaking with a piece of Tupperware. Right. Yep. And what she did, what she walked us through three Valentine's cocktails and we write in, you know, we were in our room, we put her up on the television. This is not as weird as it sounds, but she, and she made these cocktails live for us. And we, us and like 15 other couples had this like, date night together and just made cocktails and hung out it was awesome it was like via zoom when zoom was like really you remember when zoom was like really cool that's when we did it yeah when everyone was like i'll zoom you let's have zoom happy hour let's have zoom but that's so cool i mean that when we started going through covid in california that's how we stayed in touch with family we did parties on zoom we did happy hours you know wine tasting stuff like that so it's kind of cool to incorporate that and that she had couples do a Valentine's thing as, as an all-inclusive kind of adventure together. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, I think so cool. I think finding those moments. I mean, again, our anniversary. That's how we met you. Boom, now you're on the show. Boom, now we're learning all this cool... Now you're our best friend. Now you're never. our best friend. You can never leave. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, and I love that it's the anniversary, too, because we're all the same age, and we met, and we got to bond uh on our love of geekiness and cocktails and bourbon and everything but like you said it doesn't have to necessarily be craft it can be fun it can be exciting it can be as intimidating or least intimidating as possible i am so afraid of being on camera or even talking uh public speaking but once i get around liquor and my safe space I open up and I become myself, which is super cool. And I, that's what I love about it is anyone can find what they need 
through creating cocktails, whether you do it at home and you're just practicing or, you know, just hanging out with friends. I was always the one getting people drunk at parties. Um, still am. That's on our resume. <laughs> so what would you say your skills are? Can get friends uh, drunk at parties. <laughs> without them realizing it. Yeah. No, but you're, you, uh, yeah. you, you took us down like a cool history path and which I'm, that's my jam. And I love history. I love, I love knowing where things come from and why we're doing what we're doing and prohibition, such an interesting time. Um, but these, these drinks, I guess evolve a little bit from other drinks. I mean, this is a, is this a sour, I guess I'm learning this recently that, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's essentially a sour that's um cha- that's adapted and it becomes something different, you know. I dig that. Yeah. Super good. And the good. cool thing about all the, the nerdiness that we love to share with each other is, you know, Streetcar Named Desire. That's the actual St. Charles streetcar named Desire that was created in New Orleans. So, again, it's kind of going back to history and you know, the culture that we live in. I've only lived in New Orleans for a little over a year, but I've always been fascinated with the culture and the history and just, you know, where everything came from. The Sazerac, the Hurricane, the Tim's Cup, the Ramos Jim Fizz, the La Louisiane, the Boulevardier. All of these cocktails were created right here. And then all of the riffs on these cocktails are from people that were inspired. doesn't matter where you are in the country or the world. It just, matters if you're inspired and you go into your cabinet one day and say, you know what? I feel like making myself a treat. That's so freaking cool. So, and you may know this, maybe not, I don't know. And if not, we'll figure it out. Cocktail at the beginning, it, that was its own drink, right? Like a cocktail was a thing. It, it all came from horses and poop. What? It's it's a thing. I'm not going to explain it right now. Maybe one day down the future, you can look it up and Google it. But I saw because the Internet's told me that this is where the word cocktail came from, that it all had to do with horses and something about poop. <laughs> Swear. It's, it's more of like their, their tail trying yes. to kind of. Yes. Something like that. See, away. she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, so nothing clarified. Okay, cool. Um, anyway. So no, this is this is uh, this is this is gorgeous. Mine, and I don't know if it's because we have a different tea or because I mm-hmm. threw up, you know, bitters all over it. Whatever happened um, is very grapefruity. I like to talk about what I'm getting: grapefruit um, with the mint, um, but it also has this like real tropical. Like this would be this is a beach to me. It's a beachy drink. Like I would order this and like, you know what I mean? Am I am I? Am I? Yeah, which is am right. I totally wrong and I'm stupid? No, I I get what you're. Yeah, I get what you're getting too. It's just it's funny because I think it's just the citrus in it from the lemon, um, because mm-hmm. there's no grapefruit in it. Right, right, but it's the bitters actually that's going to give you that grapefruit. Oh, okay. Your your mind is being tricked by your body because when you take a sip, the Angostura bitters is going to be on top, right? Even as you sip it down, it's going to settle into it. The Angostura bitters is going to make your back senses pucker, and that associates with grapefruit more so than lemon. Because that when we think of a grapefruit, sense. we think of eating it and then going, oof, you know, that like brightness. You always associate brightness with grapefruit and bitter with lemon. But since there's lemon juice and then bitters, it's going to come together. So you're, you're right on the nose, both of you. Boom. 
sometimes I'll share whiskeys or cocktails with friends that are new to the, just to see, you know, just to try to help them and teach them and influence them. And they'll say things like, you know, I taste vanilla or I'll taste apple. And I'm like, well, let's talk more about what that means. What kind of apple, what kind of vanilla? I wonder where you got that Yeah, that was a little Peggy no for you. But um, sometimes it's weird and you'll say, hey, taste this whiskey. And they're like, it tastes like, you know, my attic when I was a kid. And I'm like, what? And you're like, either therapy or something else needs to happen. But there's this. Some people attach to flavor, mm-hmm. and then some te- people attach to a place or something, it's which sensory. I think is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's exactly a sensory um, experience. Everyone has, you know, we're all left brain, right brain. We all have our personality styles, and that's how we interpret cocktails. Again, when you put your nose into the mint, you're getting that beautiful brightness. You're sipping it. You're getting that pucker of grapefruit. And then the finish on it, you're getting that kind of warmth all the way down uh, of the bourbon, depending on which kind you use, you know. And again, you can use rye if you want it a little spicier. Uh, you can use a, a, a sweeter bourbon, like Buffalo Trace. You can even use like a Jameson or some sort of Irish whiskey if you want that really, really sweet. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be any particular kind of bourbon. You can do scotch if you want it super smoky. Make a smoky style out of this. That would be very amazing, I think, actually. It's just so cool to me that you can take a cocktail and change it by one ingredient, and it can totally become something... That's the whiskey. That's the, you know, the vegetation, if you will, or the syrup or whatever, and it becomes something totally different, which I think is really, really rad. Are you switching sides? I'm giving you back the the, the power. power. Seat. Yeah. All right. I'm it was cool to watch. Out you. of my element yeah. in this seat. It's and he just keeps looking at me and taking pictures, and I'm like, stop it. Yeah. It's making me very uncomfortable. I'm, I'm proud of her. <laughs> I love seeing your face, but I'm gonna go over on the other side where I'm just a microphone. <laughs> You know how lucky I am. Oh, you are so lucky. I know. Being married to you, that's number one, right? That's no joke, babe. It's no joke. And and I'm going to tell you why. Aside from being married to you, my two favorite independent bottlers mm-hmm. happen to be in the Imparks portfolio. What luck. I know. We've got Adelphi Selections. Yeah. Bottlers started in 1993, I want to say. Okay. And Single Malts of Scotland. Yeah. Who those casts are selected by my good friend, Ollie Chilton. I know Ollie. You know Ollie. Yeah. Yeah, he came to drink with us. Uh Uh-huh. So back to the idea of drinking off the beaten path. Oh, this again. If you are looking for a wide array of flavors, going after independently bottled whiskey is where it's at. Because their idea is never to repeat a flavor. Never? Never to repeat a flavor. Well. Always bottle something new, always something different, and more importantly... Always something delicious mm-hmm. and something that won't steal all of your wallet. Okay. That's kind I of like important. that part. You like that. I knew you'd yeah. like that part. So listen, Haida, I have to tell you, and I have to tell our listeners here, Impex Beverages. Yes. Proud sponsor of Cast Chasers Podcast. Excellent. I know nothing about the two spirits that we're about to, like Absinthe, I, ha- I think I had it once in Japan when I was overseas, and I think it was, I think it was like, I think it had wormwood in it. I think it was very something. Maybe it was all, I don't know, I was 19, so who cares? Um, and I know nothing about vermouth, so other than it's okay. Italian. So I have what I believe to be sweet and dry. That's my question. 
what what is vermouth what's that what's the what's sweet dry i mean the obvious it's sweet versus dry but why different vermouths different complex different flavor profile i mean what are we going for here so with vermouth that's an amazing amazing question that's a question that i think everybody is afraid to ask especially when you go into a bar or a wine bar um the easiest way to explain vermouth it's wine it's fortified wine that's all it is uh it's going to be a fortified wine mixed with a bunch of herbs it can be a minimum of 15 herbs maximum of like 45 herbs it's Um, it's it's a process so i the and it it's so crazy you said that so in italian cooking dana tastes just the vermouth so in italian cooking a lot of wine and a lot of herbs rosemary and things like that that tastes like that tastes like something you would dip bread in take a sip of that like balsamic it smells like no no like i'm telling you oh. right very like rosemary winey and it's you know, wine the funny thing i didn't is, know that i do not like dry vermouth but this yep, because it's um uh, the only difference between sweet and dry sweet is made with red wine dry is made with white wine and white wine's huh. just trash we all know that right <laughs> everyone everyone in the room no one okay it depends on the white wine that you use for the dry vermouth um it's always going to be a drier white wine like a uh you know a vermentino something not a chardonnay not something oaky you're not going to use anything california uh you're going to want like a a light a very very light sauvignon blanc something like that if you're going to be making a dry vermouth and again the herbs kind of differ as well but literally the basic difference sweet vermouth is red wine and herbs fortified and dry vermouth is white wine and herbs fortified. So I've actually made my own sweet vermouth back in the day. Um, and again, it's like it's like being, you know, witchy. It's just having patience, putting the herbs in, letting it boil, letting it come back down, letting it boil. It's just like a process. It's, it's That's really that fun. dark art again. We need to be neighbors. <laughs> yeah, she's out there. <laughs> because I love all of that, but I don't. I don't have the time first off, for that. First off, I'm glad we know you now and not in like the 1400s, because it would have been a. We would have uh-huh. been like, crap. We do know her, and they'd be like, well, don't have you been? Friend. Have you been going over potions with her? I'm like, well, n- yeah, but they were. From... I mean, yeah. <laughs> but please yeah, don't burn her or throw her in the water or anything. <laughs> Um, that's really rad. That's, that's too. So it's funny because these, these cocktails seem so there's so much complexity and flavor, but you can make your own or you can just go out like we do and just buy the ingredients and let the, you know, the makers do it. But when you want to take that next level, yeah, you can start kind of, you know, I have a boss, a friend of mine rather that makes his own, um, uh, what, what's it called? Cello. Lemoncello. Yeah, he's oh. lemon chocolate cello. I mean, this dude's making cello out of everything he can figure out to make cello out of. And he, now he only yeah. drinks his cello. So you can kind of, it's not just about making cocktails. Then you get to a point where, like, I'm going to make my own whatever. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to use that as my cocktail machine. Let me ask you a question yeah. real quick. So you're obviously... Um, brilliant and and beyond what i can do because the way you're talking right now is is overwhelming but i it's almost like i should just let chef ramsey make the food and not keep asking him questions you're like that you're like you're like you're you're doing things that are really really seem complex and i'm I'm, but i'm 
I feel like I'm looking too much behind the looking or the the curtain. If it was a Wizard of Oz kind of thing, I should just stay where I'm at and let you do your magic. Is there a drink when you were? Because at one point in your life, before you became what you are now, you were like the rest of us, just very like zombie land, you know, bumping into walls, eating whatever we could eat. Mm-hmm. Is there a drink that you're embarrassed by? Like back in, you, you think back and you think, man, I used to drink this. And mine, so 17 on Boone's Farm, joined the military, yeah. and I and I I go to Jack and Coke, and then I and I had this little moment in my life, Jameson, of course. Johnny Walker, mm-hmm. but I had this moment in my life where I felt like Long Island iced teas were what made me a man. And I only, mm-hmm. you know, and now I realize they're diesel fuel, but that was my embarrassing drink, Long Island, because I think they're the stupidest thing you can drink. Um, do you have one as a bartender? Do you have a drink that you look back on and you think, oh my God, I can't believe I thought that was, that was all there was to it. Yeah, I mean, you brought up so many memories when you said Boone's Farm, because we're the same age, so. Yeah, we're young, super young. Oh my gosh, like 14. Like ba- basically, <laughs> yeah, just really just showing up. Yeah, um, you know what, it's funny, I have a couple liquors. I have Boone's Farm, we used to play a game of, uh, do y'all remember like the Edward, um, uh, oh yeah, hands yeah. You, like, tape your hands. <laughs> Like a, a big gulp, and you couldn't, you know, duct tape to your hands. We would yeah. do a boom farm, and then I would just go, okay, fine, and I would just go, gulp, 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 and be like, next. Um, yes. So that was my. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I would just for Parrot Bay back in the day, Parrot Bay rum, which I don't even think exists anymore. You put it in the freezer, and it would come out so viscous and thick and i just thought it was the coolest thing in the world oh my god that reminds me of do you remember mad dog oh mad dog 2020 yeah like <laughs> the red i would, whatever the red flavor was that was all i could get but that was it was like powerberry or something mm-hmm. um oh. yeah we did gold slaughter yep. that was a big one that made you think you were cool like, oh yeah you're like look it's gold playing yeah and someone made up a window that it like uh, cuts your esophagus or something, so everyone stopped. That was parents and... trying to put baby in the corner. That's what that was. <laughs> you know what I mean? My, I mean, honestly, my drink was um, the drink that I learned on again when I was like 14 years old. I used to go camping at Lake Nasty Meadow and Lake San Antonio in Central California, um, near where I'm from in Santa Barbara. Mm. My mom would take everyone camping. You know, it'd be a whole group in RVs. We'd go jet skiing. I'm 14 years old and I stay up with everyone. They're all sitting around a campfire with a picture of kamikazes. <laughs> and they would all go around a shot glass and a picture of kamikazes. Again, this is the 90s, way pre-COVID. Sorry to anyone listening, I don't mm. think we do that anymore. Um, but you know, there'd be 20 of us. We would just picture, shot, pour it, take it, pass it on. Yeah. And for years, my mom's best friend would hand it to me and be like, go, go, go. And finally, I'm like 14, 15 years old. And my mom's like, okay, fine. She can try one. And so I go, put it down and pass it on. And she's like, have you done this before? No, no. No, I pay tolerance. Later in the the night, her best friend's like, she's had like 10 today. My kids, <laughs> my kids are too tolerant out because again, I'm in this industry and you know spirits forward, and I let them taste like you know dip your finger in or take a sip, 
and some of them are like, oh my god, that's fire. But as time, per- oh, yeah, they're our very like. Year old though is. He's like, wow, that's scary, um, super good with super oaky, and, and <laughs> but has a very vanilla Ford. I think it needs some more time. I'm like, you need to stop drinking. You're 14. <laughs> now that it, you said, you said kamikaze. That that I remember, and then we'll get to the drinks before our glasses become unfreezered. They're thawing. Yeah, they're thawing. I remember being young and very, very young in Oklahoma. And um, that's where I, Texas, Oklahoma, that's my stomping grounds. And we had a, um, we, w- we had this trough party we went to and all the older kids had these trough parties. So I remember we're like ninth grade and we're like, okay, we're going to do our own trough party. And we had this like moonshine, we, moonshine was so easy to get where I'm from, moonshine and like strawberries or something, strawberry wine be, um, mixture that we had in like an actual horse trough, right? Oh my gosh. Right. So we had this moonshine and strawberry mixture in a horse trough, and that was it. And we thought, okay, what we'll do is everybody will get cups, and you just we'll just hang out, bonfire, dip your cup. So we brought styrofoam cups for this thing. Do you know what happens when you dip a styrofoam cup into moonshine? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, probably disintegrates. It disintegrates. <laughs> it becomes napalm. So we had like... <laughs> <laughs> so we basically no one was drunk we're like what are we gonna do now and we're like well we can't drink it so we set it on fire like stupid ninth graders no. do it was the most fun sober oh, yeah. alcohol night i've ever had in my entire life for trough party trough party turns yeah like fire party or something That's so fun. yeah 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 so we're the um the other cocktail i chose uh, again, it's kind of an homage to everything that we're doing right now as as friends and, you know, my wonderful fiance is from Kentucky. I know y'all love Kentucky very, very, very mm-hmm. much and has a huge place in your heart. So I chose a uh, classic cocktail called the Lexington. Mm. This one, as we were just talking about, has that sweet vermouth in it, again, for the listeners. It's a wine base. It's really easy to get vermouth at any store. Grocery stores have it. It's it's one of the easiest things to get out there. Um, and if you don't have sweet vermouth, it's really cool because I don't even have any right now. I'm using a an Amaro made from wine grapes. So again, okay. this is just aged a little bit longer. Uh, the one I'm going to use is from Marjoram, which is from Santa Barbara. It's one of my favorite ones. This is absolutely stupidly delicious this is uh fortified wine and then they add some caramelized uh, caramelized sugar to it so this is going to be as close to sweet room as i can get but again like the whole episode we've been talking about whatever you have you know you yeah see what happens yeah um i love that and then the other liqueurs that we're talking about um i have herb saint which is the Spirit of New Orleans. It was actually invented here. It's very similar to absinthe. It just doesn't have the kick. It doesn't have as many herbs in it. But it's it's going to be a very herbal liqueur. Herbs and absinthe are all going to have that licorice quality to it. So if you kind of smell, if if you do at home have absinthe, if you just take a smell. It's going to smell very black licorice, very sambuca. You know, all the herbs. Yeah, Sambuca. I heard you say yeah. that earlier. Dan. My favorite. <laughs> exactly. And we I all like know that. you need some Sambuca with some espresso beans, 
nice and chilled in the freezer. That's always the best. You just blew my mind and you don't even realize it. I oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking hate black licorice and in in Sambuca and all of that. Then you said coffee beans mm-hmm. is straight coffee. Yep. Oh my god. So throw the Sambuca in the freezer, get a really nice chilled snifter. Yeah. Pour yourself like an ounce of that um <sighs> in the chilled snifter. Pour three uh coffee beans or espresso beans. Uh, one for me, one for you, and one for the daily departed. Mm-hmm. And throw those in there. And that's a really great after dinner uh, sipper. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get real crazy, throw some absinthe on top or 151 or moonshine, lay it on fire real quick, and then that'll caramelize it. Bobby's not allowed to set things no, on fire. We've moved past that. <laughs> he has a he has an off air story for you about setting things on fire. Lots Drinks. Of, yeah. yeah. Things nope. happen. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> listeners, you can DM me for the details of nope, that. Nope, world's not there. ready for that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, it involved a stripper. Okay, anyway, let's I, go. Uh, yep. Uh, yep, we're moving <laughs> on. So, so what, do I, what am I doing here? What am I doing? So Lexington. Uh, Lexington is going to be with a rye whiskey. Uh, we're using... The, go on. What are you using? We're using um, Catoctin Creek. Which is one of my favorite ryes from Virginia. Yeah, you hear us. The listeners hear us talk about it a lot. Um, we're huge fans. Um, it's a. It's just a. It's a Virginia uh, rye, but it's like um, true to Virginia. I mean, rye comes from Maryland, Virginia. It's kind of our thing. Um, this thing in this area, but um, they are one of the oldest rye. It might be the oldest um, in history or in. Um, in the area anyway but anyway they make an incredible rye but that's enough about them more about what we're making that's awesome. yeah uh i'm using the good old dave pickerel uh whistle pig oh. farm stock. rest in peace uh, we happen to have i exactly um i did an homage to him in my bar my whiskey bar that i had in california that i ran because as we all know he sadly departed us at the san francisco whiskeys of the world mm. Um, so that year after I found out, I did a whole homage to him with Hell Rock and Whistle Pig and, and all of the, the beautiful products that he had touched at the end. So we still do an homage to him and we love him. Yeah. So I chose the Whistle Pig Farm Stock. Um, beautiful whiskey. I mean, I love Whistle Pig. It's yeah. Vermont. It's such a fun ride. It's, again, for listeners, Whistle Pig is not unapproachable. People talk about it as being top shelf or you know hard to get and it's it's not it's good they have piggyback six-year rye which is created by him just for bartenders to make cocktails with to make you know shaken drinks with and and to explore that side of it at a very reasonable price point you know it doesn't have to break the bank as yeah. far as cocktails go this is our home bar <laughs> love it no i love it all right so what a, uh, so, so the shaker is this going in the shaker? We're going to be stirring this cocktail. Oh, so okay. no citrus. Oh, yeah, no citrus. We learned that. Um, so I'm stirring in a in a um, coffee press because I can't find my glass. What the? Okay. Yeah, it's somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I have the spoon. I have the really cool spoon. So the cocktail. I have spoon. Uh, one of my my pretty little mixing glasses here. We have a bunch scattered around the house, so I just kind of found what was in our area 
Um, so the Lexington is going to be one and a quarter ounce of the rye. So we're just going to make sure we're looking at the right area on our jigger. Two ounces. No. Right, for the mixing glass. And I'm doing one, but Bobby's doing two. I have my cocktail tester right here. He just threw his hands up like, what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So one and a quarter ounces of that. Okay. And then, and again, rye, we want to use rye as your listeners, um, I know, appreciate because rye is going to have that spice aspect. Everything we're adding into this is going to be very herbaceous. Mm. Um, so we want to add to the herbaceousness with the rye. So this cocktail, as you can kind of tell already, is going to be a little on the hot side. Right hot up meeting. my alley. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Not, not mouth puckering like that last cocktail, not. Um, sip on the beach like that last cocktail. This is going to be, I mean, for example, it's raining at my house right now, even though it's 75 degrees outside because I'm in New Orleans. Um, this is going to be sit down in front of the fire, watch a movie, have a cigar, have a glass of wine, have a glass of port, make some, you know, gnocchi or some amazing mm. Italian pasta with kind of thing. Yep. She's writing the book. And, <laughs> and again, with that, um, segue with the Italian, we're going to take our sweet vermouth okay. and do uh, three quarters of an ounce. So that's going to be right here. Put that into the mixing glass. And again, the color is going to be gorgeous on this too. I feel that's like I could nice cook with this, this vermouth. Like this would go into like a sauce or something. Oh, we're gonna oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Always use sweet vermouth and dry vermouth for cooking. Yeah. See, we've uh, only yeah. done cocktails with dry vermouth before and yeah. I've not been a huge fan. I've protested. But yeah. yeah. I've been anti yeah, and, uh Ian just said, if you do have dry vermouth or if you want to try it out, a dry vermouth scampi is like, like oh. oh. I do like scampi. Yeah. Yep. Do that, um, or you know, on the fly, a white wine. You know, I'm not a huge fan of white wine. Uh, Ian loves it, so we'll compromise, and he'll drink half the bottle, and then use the rest to cook with. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> I'll eat it. Yeah. Um, we're going to do the next liqueur, um, a ginger liqueur. It doesn't have to be Canton ginger. It can be. It doesn't even have to be a liqueur. You can make a ginger syrup. Well, I'm. Yeah, I'm glad you yep. said that because I'm actually. Not, I don't have ginger uh, liqueur. I have ginger syrup. So I. But yeah. I feel comfortable. Morning, yeah. I feel. I feel like you're not judgy, and that's good. Oh no! It's, yeah. it's the same. You can. I. I have ginger bitters back here. I was gonna use. Uh, oh, it's so good. Just in case, but. This is really, really cool for Ian and I because this bottle um, is a old, 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 old school bottle of Domaine Canton ginger um, from his grandparents. Oh, wow. Uh, we just, we lost his grandmother right before our engagement, and I know oh. she's very, very proud that we're using this. Um, but this literally is from, oh my gosh, what do you say, babe? Like the... 70s oh wow 60s 70s bottle um 
So we have, I mean, we, look at that court. Like it's just. Yeah. Gnarly, like, dark. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So we were very lucky to have this um, from his grandparents. They gave it to us when we moved over here. So this came with us um, on the drive over, like what, 2,000 miles or something like that over a year ago. Oh, and the smell. When you guys come visit, I'm going to make you this cocktail with this ginger liqueur because it's amazing. Well, that's going to be recorded for life, so <laughs> I can bring that. When I come to your house and you're like, what? And I'm be like, oh, let me play something for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll do our half ounce of ginger syrup in your own and then the ginger liqueur on my end. Pour that in your little mixing glass. Oh, I'm so excited about the spiciness of this. Yeah, that rye's gonna mm-hmm. pumped about what the rye's really gonna excited. do. Curious. Rye and then curious. we're gonna do our favorite foe here. We're gonna we're making friends with Angostura bitters today. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're doing. I just figured out. We're gonna do one dash of Ango. So we're just gonna, like I did before, take it right side up, <laughs> and then just one quick blink. I say boink. I actually say that. That was better. <laughs> I did better that time. We're going to work on your confidence with your bitter dashing. I'm going to say that to people. They're not going to want to like, have the confidence of a bitter shaker. And they're like, what? Bitter dasher. Bitter dasher. That's yes. where that's where English terms come from. He's a bitter dasher. <laughs> like haberdashing. Yeah. Right. That um, means he's confident. The herb saint is the fun part. The herb saint, the absence, like whatever we have. This is the fun part. um, Because if people notice when they buy bar tools, like a spoon, it's got all these like really weird little swirls around it. Uh People always think it's because when you take it in a glass, you're going to, it helps you to stir. It's not. Those little round thingies around the spoon are what help you pour something into a glass very slowly. Oh. I thought it was just fancy. So, if, you, if you need to add anything with bubbles, say like you have a cocktail that needs to be stirred with bubbles, but obviously you can't shake it because it's going to explode. You use this and then you pour it down the spoon and it's going to very slowly go down. So we're going to, I'm going to do that with the herb paint. So what, what she's saying, just to paint the picture, is when you have one of these long spoons, um, is this mansplaining? That's yes, not my point. You are mansplaining. Yeah, but I want to. She just literally said. What yeah, but it, what I heard do. her, but I saw her, so I have to. I'm like, I want to. Yeah. She's so. She's so on it. Um, you know what? I'm not going to say anything, Mm-mm. and hope the men out there don't get it. Mm-hmm. I speak fluent, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, spoonie, spoonies twisted, pour down, trickle. They got it now. So, Desi, are we putting this? Hold on, Bobby okay, Bird. All right. Are we putting this directly into the cocktail or into the chilled glass? Into the chilled glass. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So right now I'm doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, we're going to do that into the chilled glass. And how, mu- how much? It's literally going to be just... <gasps> Look at that. That's dope. <laughs> it's like a crazy slide. Right? <laughs> Isn't that fun? And then it, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to measure anything. It's fun. It's like a little slide of... of that shit will impress your So friends. then you just wash the glass, right? You just are kind of a... Yep. 
you're basically washing in a glass without having to dump it out. That's awesome. That blew my and mind. Is when I would add the ice to the glass and to the cocktail mixer um, because at this point the cocktail is ready to be made. So we're gonna ice the glass and the cocktail mixer at the same time. It's a metal. <laughs> it's not as sexy as the icing glass. All right, there we go. Now I'm stirring, I guess. Yes, we're gonna stir. Fun part about a stir is the easiest way someone explained it to me a long time ago because I was overthinking it. Everyone overthinks it. You just want to try. It's a game. You want to keep the outside or the the spoon on the outside of the glass. Oh, okay. That's why they're holding it the way. Ah, yeah. And then my little game. My this is my little like treat that I do. Uh, again, because I get weird with things. Like I say, wee and fun. I try to live down and make a tornado out of it. That's wild. So, it's kind of fun. You want to do that? You want to do only like 10, 15 seconds, something like that. Just as long as you can kind of sing a little song to yourself. Because I'm a nerd. Um, and then I and assume. Then, God, I'm such a jumper header. I just want to go to recess. <laughs> I want to like I'm like in school like you did all your math ahead of everyone else Bobby it was all wrong but yeah I guess you can go to recess no I'm already pouring in the glass I hope that's the next step yep. okay that is exactly what we're doing next all right oh it smells incredible oh Ooh, the color is freaking amazing oh, oh my gosh and it's then so again, herby. It's just a lemon peel uh, for the garnish Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Easy, easy. And again, when you you want to peel on top of the cocktail as much as you can because you're getting all of that citrus oils, those juices. Um, this is what we call expressing. It's when you watch bartenders kind of touch the peel and kind of peel it. Yeah. Um, and then they go around the glass. That's expressing because you want to get all those oils, and that's going to add to the cocktail as well. Garnish is not just for fun. It's the garnish is. There for a reason. It's, it's to add that extra. It's part of the cocktail. That's what I like to tell people. You, well, you've blown Dana's mind because she's. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already drinking. Yeah, she's like. Bobby's rubbed off on me. She's like happy cheers. dancing when she eats. <laughs> but yeah, cheers, cheers. Oh my god, that's gorgeous. I don't. I hate sambuca, but that it's not overpowering. And you know what's wild about it? It's one of those things where on the nose you get a lot of that black licorice like smell mm. but when you taste it it's like so herby and oh wow it's got like that sp- little bit of spice to it it's super herby nice yeah 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 <laughs> that it's is fun too and it comes together nicely right like it's, it's very mm. very la louisiane very um just smooth and and i feel like I feel like if you have all this stuff, you can, I mean, there's a lot of drinks. You're not buying anything that you wouldn't use elsewhere. And you're going to make a hundred of these. So it's worth the per, but like you're not breaking the bank to, to create these cocktails really. I mean, and they're so good and they're so different that this is like 
mm. yin and yang to the one we just had. I'm a huge sour fan, but this is, you hit the nail on the head, Desi. It's, this is like, I want to have a cigar with this. I want to sit around a fire. I want to, I want it's comforting. It almost has like a rosemary quality to it. Yeah. Like this, like, oh, oh it's, it's good. Oh my God. It's <laughs> really good. That's, that's the, the thing too, is like for me, a riff on it, I would put rosemary. I would do like a little mm-hmm. bit of rosemary simple or even like a rosemary garnish like that you mm-hmm. nailed that perfectly and what you're going to get on the back end that kind of feeling you're getting in the back of your throat right now that peppery that's oh. yep i want to cook meat in it exactly see that's that's the sweet vermouth that's the ginger that's everything kind of coming together mixed with the rye um and just because it's stirred doesn't mean it needs to be up you know it can be served up i like that it's on the rock because it's more approachable yeah, I feel like if it was served uh, in a Nicanora or a coupe, it would be like a one, a two, a three, and a crunch. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's perfect. So this the, the dilution factor of the ice is, is going to help, which is huge. You know, you you want to make sure that you're making the cocktail the right way with the dilution because we're not drinking the cocktail to have anything other than an otherworldly experience, and you want to have everything about it be, you know, part of the dream. It's it's perfect. It was the it's the right amount. It's the it's the right flavor. It's the right everything. See, and the, here's the thing too. These these can be dangerous because they're so good, but the there's effort. So if you want to be dangerous and you want maybe you're home and you don't have anywhere to go and you want to you, you you can get a little tipsy, make a whole batch of this. But <laughs> if you're like, look, I got things to do. I got to mow a lawn. Maybe make maybe you know make a maybe. Because they'll sneak up on you. They'll find you. There's some booze in there. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, these were incredible. And um, everything worked. The rye, the the, the mint, the, the and the other one. It was just, it's all dancing. Yeah. And I'm, what, I'm tingly, like, in the best way. I want to share this. Because, yeah, awesome. I'm about to make venison. That's what I'm making for dinner. Oh, and, this oh, is going to, like, Perfect. It's yep. good, right? Oh my god, I'm so excited. My whole brain's like, oh my god, I may cook with this. I may make this cocktail and throw it and give the deer some. Um, sorry to my vegetarian listeners out there. I apologize. It's uh, tofu. Um, you probably do the same thing with tofu. So there you go, Desi. I was vegan for a long time. You can. Yeah, yeah. Desi, you have been amazing. You, you always. This is what it was like hanging out with her. Just a great time, great conversation. I think we spent hours just hanging out with you and drinking and well, we were wasting sitting, your time. We were sitting by the pool, hmm. and I was like, "Let's just have a relaxed day." We were hanging out, and Bobby ran to get a beer and comes back and's like. You gotta come back to the bar because I just met the best bartender yep. ever. <laughs> yep, so yep. then we spent the rest of the time at the bar. And I and it's my highlight. It's <laughs> it the was, highlight it was of the awesome. yeah. You were the highlight of our trip. I mean that with all my heart. I mean, um, it was great. But um, but uh, sadly for listenership, that we don't have to do it. We can, we're gonna hang out and meet up and everything else. But the listeners only get you for a little bit of time. Desi, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was. A whole lot of fun. Um, the, uh, the these drinks are amazing. Obviously, I hope the listeners are following along when they're and just making it with us. If not, make it later. But these drinks are incredible. You're a uh, you're a drink smith. Um, you really are. You know what's up. And uh, to come on the show and hang out with us, it was great meeting you. And you truly are a good friend of ours. Just thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's, it's so much fun hanging out with you guys. And 
you're the highlight of my entire employment at Bourbono, honestly. <laughs> I just felt so connected and hmm. we really truly made, you know, a friendship for life and it's just such an honor to yeah. be a part of this and, no. and you make you make people feel like they're at home, which is really cool. Oh, thank you. Podcast goes. It's you know, for everyone listening, I'm a ball of nerves, but the second y- y'all start talking, it's just it's Aww. like we're sitting next to each other again. So it's really cool. And the irony is people don't want me in their homes. <laughs> so it's it's very <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's the point. It's it's and that's drinking. That's really what it's about. It's about it's about being comfortable and you know, throwing inhibitions to the side, not getting into conflict and not getting into anything, you know, ridiculous and just having, you know, shedding who you are and what weighs you down and the stress and just really meeting somebody and, and developing a friendship. I like to think that our ancestors, that's what they did. They would sit around and drink or chew on or whatever their source of, you know, intoxication was. And they would just, they would just do that around a fire and just enjoy each other's company. And I, I want, that's what my show is. And that's what I want people to appreciate. You can go and befriend a bartender. If you treat them right, you treat them with respect, you, you give them the dig- dignity they deserve. You don't treat them like shit. You know what I mean? Um, they're going to treat you the same way and they're going to share their art with you and you're going to get an incredible drink. Uh, do you have a, do you have social media? What do you got? Where, where can they, where can they see who you are and what you're about? Yeah, um, like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm doing private events right now. Um, if they're local to New Orleans, they can look up Blue Book Barkeeps. Um, I'm kind of one of their leads on there, and we do tons of private events. Uh, as far as personally, I have an Instagram, I have Facebook. My Facebook's just Debbie Villarreal, um, and I'm a, follow, a follower of the Cast Chasers uh, podcast on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, my Instagram is at Karma DLV. It's Karma K R M A, and then my initials D L V. Um, and as far as that, yeah, I'm just hanging out here in New Orleans with my dog and my fiance. <laughs> yeah, she's normal. People, stop making it weird. Well, thank you so much. All right, Chasers, that was my friend Desi, our friend, Dana and I, our friend Desi. She's an incredible person, great human being, super smart. I mean, the I wish we could have gone down some history. I mean, we could have talked for hours. She's an entire sitcom on her own, but she's great. Her fiancé is amazing, too. We didn't bring him up enough, but he's a great guy. Well, next time. Yeah, next time. Um, but just remember, you know, when you're at your bar and you're ready to pick... Just remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. Be uh, be experimental and be adventurous. Cheers, chasers. Mm-hmm.